Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, I sit down with Mark and Kirsten Cricky to talk about Airbnb and midterm rentals. I think over the last, I don't know how many years we've been talking about long-term rentals and short-term rentals via Airbnb have also gotten popular, but Mark and Kirsten have found a real sweet spot with midterm rentals. So they're doing them themselves and they'll describe that. They're also helping other people with their properties co-host and manage Airbnbs as midterm rentals. So they get into the weeds of it in this particular episode. I asked them some questions. A lot of this stuff is new to me, so I'm asking them probably some pretty basic questions for some of you out there. But for myself on in midterm rentals, I'm not really familiar with that. So we're trying to kind of dig into that and learn as much as we can about midterm rentals. And they have a brand new book that just got released titled You, Me, and Airbnb. So if you're into this stuff and you want to get details and examples and some of the things that they're using and thinking around midterm rentals, you can get that book on Amazon. They actually have a couple uh, URLs where you can grab that book as well. We'll share that at the end and put that into the show notes as well. But you can find the book on Amazon if you're listening to this and you want to grab it. It's called You, Me, and Airbnb and midterm rentals. So not like super short term, which is like a day, two days, a weekend, and not regular long term, you know, one year lease or beyond. We've done three year leases a lot when we're doing different strategies as well. Um, but if you're if you're thinking about doing one month, two month, three months, six months, nine month. Uh, rentals and that kind of stuff. They have experience in this area and they share all of that stuff on this episode with us. And if you are listening to this and you want to find out more about the Rockstar Inner Circle community, and you'll hear them mention it, they are uh, longtime Rockstar members and we're grateful to have them as Rockstar members. If you want to figure out what the Rockstar membership is about, uh, is all about, one of the best ways to do that is to come to the introductory real estate training course that we do because the first 80% of that, that class, we talk about all the different strategies that we're using with different investors. And then the last part, we describe what Rockstar Inner Circle and the membership is all about. So you can kind of learn both that way. You can grab a seat for the next time we do that class by visiting CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. That's CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. If you go there, you can register yourself um, a seat for that. Right now, we're doing it on Zoom. And uh, you can learn about all the different strategies that we're working with and that our team is working with and how it's evolving, just like we're discussing on this particular episode where some strategies that we were doing, long-term rentals and short-term rentals, and maybe even like super long-term rentals, we were doing multiple year rentals and that kind of stuff, are now being intermixed with newer strategies like this midterm rental strategy that we're talking on this particular episode. So you can get yourself a seat to the next introductory real estate training class that we offer by visiting CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. Okay, we are live with Mark, and I don't want to mess this up, Kirsten. And the last name, Cricky? Yeah, Cricky. You got Kirsten, it. yeah. I was messing up Kirsten's name. I kept saying Kristen, because I know a Kristen, but Kirsten. Um, so thanks for being here, guys. And before we dive into the whole Airbnb stuff and your story, we were just talking about macro joking about macro a little bit um yeah the uk 
bonds are currently just basically blowing up. The Bank of England said to the basically, hey, all you pensions, if you're holding all these bonds, you better just dump them and you have three days to do it. And what happened is people listened and started dumping them. The yields started spiking up to where they were about two weeks ago or so, or last week. Things are happening so fast, I can't even keep track. Two weeks ago, and now the Bank of England has come out and said, well, you know what, maybe we'll keep buying them, and maybe, you know, it won't be a temporary thing, and, uh, you know, it's just a mess. The whole macro situation is uh, a mess. Um, So... Mark, you, you, I don't think you, you and Kirsten weren't at the, uh, the last year, life, year terms event that we had, but we gave this big economic update where the feedback that I had was that, okay, that was a little dark. <laughs> it was a little dark, <laughs> but, um, but we needed to hear it. That was, if I was to sum up the feedback, it was, it's a, that was a little dark, but, uh, we needed to hear it. And, uh, there's just a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, anyway. Yeah. We, so, so much. Like yeah, all across you seem to keep track of this kind of stuff. Why is that, Mark? Why? why yeah, what's the just interest? An interest. Yeah, yeah, and just uh, learning, right? Kind of like my second uh, second education, I guess. How did you? Wh- how did you guys end up with the whole? You know, getting into real estate. Before we get into the book, how did? You, what's the journey like to get into real estate? Where does that come from for both of you, Kirsten? Is that something you initiated? Uh, Mark initiated? No, Can, it wasn't my. It wasn't me. Um, in my 20s, I've always, I was always a renter, never thought about buying a house, kind of in the back of my mind. I wanted to, but I had no idea where to start. And I think it was a psychological um, barrier, really, that stopped me from buying anything. Um, and then I met Mark, and we got engaged, and that's what engaged couples do, right? You buy your first home together. <laughs> and he was the one that kind of pushed for that. And Because you were always renting. Does that yeah. come from your family? Was your family no. renting growing up? No, my parents own their own house. Um, but I think I felt a little bit lost in my 20s. I didn't really know which continent I wanted to live on. I had lived in Europe for a little bit and worked there, come back to Canada, and I was thinking of maybe going back to study in Amsterdam. And well, then I met Mark, so things changed. So did I did. Lo- did you love it in Europe? Is I did. Yeah. I really why, did. why do you think? What was it about Europe that you loved? Um, uh, I think things are a little. Well, maybe this is just an outsider, but maybe a little less hectic than here. People really take the time to to relax, to enjoy their downtime. Um, having a cup of coffee on the run, they d- they don't really do the uh, drive-throughs. Mm-hmm. You sit down at a cafe and you have a coffee with a friend. So that was that was really nice. Um, Sometimes I wonder if that comes from the density of Europe. You know, we're pretty spread out here, but whenever you go to some of these European cities, you realize, wow, like it's they're really densely populated in some of these mm-hmm. urban centers, and and the advantage to that is all the cafes are packed, and your friends are like around the corner. Yeah, you're very so close. you can kind of stumble into somebody and have a coffee. Whereas I feel like here, if I reach out to you guys, like, hey, Kirsten and Mark, you want to meet up for a coffee? It's like, okay, well. Thursday at two, we'll meet at like QEW and yeah. Dorval for like at that you know at the coffee shop there. If traffic's okay, like it's a nightmare. Yeah. Whereas there, you can kind of just stumble into people. Yeah. And I think it's I think a lot of it is just the density of the place. Yeah, it could be. Um, but I I really enjoy that too, sitting yeah. down and chatting and, yeah. and uh, stuff. And then so then you met Mark, decided this is the guy for you. Is that what yes, happened? Yes, that's like the, what like happened. The, I was the, like, the, I guess the, I'm not the going The clouds to parted <laughs> and the sun came out and the angels started singing. Got, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. It was a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the guy, and he convinced you to get into real estate and buy it? Not your- really. We didn't really think, hey, let's get into real estate. We just thought, well, this is what you do. We're, 
we're going to be married. We're, we're hoping to have a family. So then you buy a family home. And he had said all along, if we do buy a home, it has to have a basement apartment. That was his one thing, his one thing on his wish list. Mark, where, why, where did that come it. from? Why are you saying that? Uh, just, um, yeah, just the desire to, uh, to have a little bit of income, I think. And yeah, take care of the mortgage, right? Growing up, did your family do that? Was that something? No. no? Okay. Okay. No. So you just knew having a second stream of income somehow in the property was going to be an advantage to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was just in the back of my head. Okay. And then you guys get that property and then what? You start, you have four kids. Yes. So you start producing offspring <laughs> at this <Yes>. point <laughs> and uh, that keeps you busy. And then eventually you get into the world of investing in real yeah. estate. Is that how this goes? Well, we got into Airbnb first. Okay. Right? We love to travel. Um, like Kirsten obviously did a lot, a lot of traveling before uh, we got married. And uh, yeah, I did a little bit, but we enjoyed it. And um, we discovered Airbnb on our travels. Like what a much better way to travel and to stay somewhere instead of in a hotel, right? Especially traveling with like a baby and then another baby and... Um, so when we got home, I thought, you know what, we could maybe do this here. And like, we didn't do any research or any market analysis or whatever. Just like, yeah, it should work. Right. Let's, you know, let's love it. That's the best way to begin. Yes. This is how we do things. Yeah. (laughs) Go. Good. You made a decision. Love it. Um, and yeah, because we had had, you know, a good renter and then a bad renter. I'm just like, you know, we can keep doing this, but good renter, he stayed for a year. And because he was good and had his stuff together, he bought a house. So then he was out, right? So, okay, great. Turnover. Um, you can raise the rent a little bit, but rented to someone else and that didn't work out at all, right? So we got stuck with, uh, you know, no rent and a big mess. And then at that point, we're like, you know, let's just try Airbnb. And uh, like I was working full time and um, it didn't really fall on me that much. It was mainly, mainly on Kirsten to take care of the cleaning and like the booking and just everything. But that it's just a little one bedroom apartment. So like it's Hamilton mountain, right? Typical bungalow, three bedroom. Um, half the basement was unfinished. Half was finished with a one bedroom, small little apartment, but Kirsten decorated it, made it nice. I mean, in the beginning, it was pretty sparse. <laughs> sure. We didn't know what we were doing. Sure. We had a, a futon that were like, well, I guess that would work. And a bed that somebody had given to us. Yeah. Um, it was just very minimal, but we didn't really know any better. Um, we're like, well, we'll see what happens. Wh- what year was this? When did you buy this? Uh, we bought the house in 2012. Okay. And then started Airbnb. Airbnb. 14, maybe? Yeah, 14. 14. Okay. And th- so that was kind of the early days in Canada where you could just like... Do Put a mattress in a space and rent it out and you'd be good, right? So back then, who started renting this place on that's, Airbnb? Because I, I would have exactly never, yeah, like I would have never thought. Now I'm I'm open for it yeah. to it because everyone has proven me wrong on Airbnb because we have people renting in all parts of Ontario that I never thought would be possible. You know, like there's no <laughs> who's renting an Airbnb like out in the middle of nowhere, but people are renting cabins in the middle of forests through airbnb and short-term rentals and that kind of stuff who was renting back then from you guys yeah well so we realized like much later that hamilton is right between toronto and niagara falls and if you're a tourist you're coming to canada where do you want like if you're coming to ontario where do you want to visit you want to visit toronto and niagara falls so you could stay in toronto or niagara falls and do a long trip either way or hamilton's right in the middle it's that sweet spot so Mainly in the beginning, we were just doing short-term stays, uh, and it was tourists. I think mm-hmm. that really, was the bulk yeah, of it, right. And short-term and of, stays were how short? 
a weekend one, or a week? Yeah, a, about a weekend, a couple of days, a couple of nights. Yeah. Holy yeah. smokes! Yeah. And that—that that wasn't. Sorry, go on, Mark. Go ahead. No, I just that little apartment, like that, is our best performer to date out of anything that we've owned or managed. Um, it was ridiculous how much money that thing made. Like, I think did it cover the mortgage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One bedroom apartment. And it wasn't a fancy. Yeah, yeah, apartment. you've made that clear. Futon, yeah. you threw it, it was, in the middle of the room and said, made, good luck. Here's a little upgrade. shampoo. You just threw a shampoo <laughs> bottle in the middle of the bed. Here you go. We did do upgrades, but yeah, we just, we didn't have the money sure. initially. Yeah. Um, and then the bathroom was outdated and old and kind of, um, but people didn't really seem to mind too much. As long as it was clean. Uh, I made sure that it was very clean and tried to anticipate what people might need if they're traveling. So making sure that all of like the bedside lamps have um, USB ports so you can plug your phone in, um, anything that you would need from home it was there. And you found when doing Airbnbs, those little details matter? I think so. Um, yeah, I think we had a lot of positive responses. People saying this was the best Airbnb we've ever stayed in, which always blew my mind. I'm like, really? My one little bedroom basement? In, but in, in Hamilton, on, in the Ham- Hamilton. on the Hamilton Mountain. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would surprise me then. Yeah. Okay, so then this is something you decide you're just going to keep doing? Yes. So this is Mark. Mark's always telling me, hey, I have an idea. And then mm-hmm. I get worried. So then you have more than, <laughs> you know, I don't know what your Airbnb lives look like right now. Then you have more. We have. Air- well, so we, we eventually bought another uh, bungalow on the mountain. And the intent was really to long-term rent. I mean, as far as Kirsten knew. That was what I had said. Mark's like, well, we're going to buy an investment property, which I already thought was like, oh, that's crazy, but okay. And then he's like, and I said, well, okay, we can do that, but we're going to rent it long term because running one Airbnb out of my own basement is one thing. Running two more that, you know, down the street, it was close by, but Cause you were gonna that's buy a lot that, of work. You were going to buy that and then have it as two units and do yes. Airbnb in each. And sorry, before we get into that, why did you say it was, cr- when he said uh, we're going to buy investment property, why did you say that was crazy? Uh, just, uh, I think because growing up, that was something that my parents never did. They never invested in real estate. You you buy your family home and you try to pay off the mortgage as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of what I grew sure. up with. Sure, we, we all did. he yeah. told me, well, I think we should maybe refinance our family mm-hmm. home. I was like, you're a maniac. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. What are you doing with yeah. our family here? Yeah. Yeah. We have kids to feed. Yeah. You're talking about buying other property. I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then you go down this path. You, you can, he convinces he you through his powers of persuasion mm-hmm. and psychological I mean, influence. Can you say no to this? <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about the beard in a second, but, uh, um, uh, so he convinces you long-term is not the way to go with yeah, the rental well, and do Airbnb. He, he did agree with me. Yeah, okay, we'll do the long-term. But I, th- I think he had ulterior motives the whole time. Um, <laughs> we had found a potential tenant for the upstairs, but that had fallen through at the last minute. And Mark said, well, you know what? Let's just rent it. Let's just furnish it anyways. We'll rent it out short-term and then we'll, we'll see if we do long-term. And that was four years ago. So we just kept on Airbnb it. But I, lo- I learned a lot of lessons along the way that cleaning it myself and doing all the laundry myself is just not feasible. So how do you so do that had, now? You found people? Yeah, to- we had to like build systems. Okay, can you map out what are some of those systems that you've needed um, in that one? And I want to ask you about the types of people who are renting out this property in a second yeah. on this Airbnb. But what are some of those systems that you've needed? The cleaning is it's probably the biggest one. Um, and with Airbnb, it doesn't matter if you're up if your bathroom's not updated, for instance, or if you don't have the fanciest of coffee makers. If it's 
clean, that's the most important. So finding a good cleaner. So that's what we did because I was cleaning it on my own. It was just too much, especially the laundry. So then we... Did you have tight turnover as well or did yes. you have some days between? I Initially, I did have some very tight turnover, Okay, so then I've that, changed now. So then you have uh, young kids yeah. and then you have a tight turnover. Yeah. You have to get in there, do the laundry, yeah. remake the beds, yeah. re-put the shampoo bottles in the yes. washroom and that kind of yeah. stuff, the Keurig oh. coffee and yeah. the coffee machine kind of thing. And I wasn't yeah. really... Helpful? No. <laughs> no, because I, like, I worked long hours and... Uh, I do handyman stuff. Yeah. And is that what you're doing right now? You do handyman stuff? Yeah, yeah I still do. Uh, yeah. In my mind, you have AV. It was also, AV stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've pretty much wound that down. There's still a couple of long-term jobs that I'm taking care of. But um, yeah, now it's we're, I'm devoted to the, the property management and investing and yeah, cool. The book. And yeah, awesome. Else, right? Okay, so cleaning. And then how did you do that? You advertised on Kijiji maybe no, for people? I just, it was word of mouth, kind of people that I knew. Um, I tried a couple of cleaners. Um, and then you kind of eventually find cleaners that are a good fit. Uh, and you kind of have to educate them too. This is not just something that you can go in, clean maybe a part of the house, and then clean another part of the house in a, the following week. Um, it has to be clean. The thoroughly whole the thing. whole thing you're basically running a hotel yeah so that's what i tell them um and then they they're also my eyes and ears so i've i have checklists like you need to go in and tell me if there's anything broken tell me if if something's not working or if you've noticed something out of place or if that needs looking at because we we need to go in there then and fix those things before the next guests come in so they're they've gotten really good at that um telling me if i need to buy um consumables to replenish like your shampoo and your dishwashing soap and all that sort of thing so we've got that kind of down pat now um and the cleaners will do the laundry on site as they clean so that that's made the biggest difference oh wow so they're doing unit. it right on the yeah throw it all in the washing machine yeah dry it and then re re-put it out yeah we'll have uh, several um sets of linens so they can make the beds before the the old linens are washed and dried and then by the time they're done cleaning the stuff that's in the dryer can be put back in the closet. Okay, so yeah. cleaning is a, a big process. Oh, that is the biggest. That's the biggest one. What yeah. are the other, cleaning comes to me as the, the main process. What are the other processes you need? Key drop off, you have a system for yes, that, okay? We do. Using yeah. lock, what are you doing, lock boxes? Or? We don't, I don't oh, so it's all, like the lock boxes. Okay, so you're just yeah. granting access remotely? You can do that. A lot of hosts have done that. And one of our the places that we co-host have those where they will just get a code every time. Um, but even that we find can be a bit tricky if your Wi-Fi is not working or things always have a way of not working, right? So we try to make it as simple as we can. So we just have the locks with the codes on it. Okay, and that works the yeah, best. Yeah, that seems to work very well. Nobody okay. You can lose keys. Yeah, what do you mean by with the one that you co-host? Uh, we, we also will co-host for other hosts. What is, how does that work? So we'll join up. So I have an Airbnb account. And you put it into a pool? Um, yeah, we'll have shared access. So another host will invite me to be their co-host through Airbnb, and then I will have access to their listing. Oh, got so it. We can kind of work together. Huh. Yeah. And you, that's the advantage to you is you just have more to offer. Yes. Yeah. So, Experience. And then we're also local to the Airbnbs. So a lot of, um, our clients live in Toronto, for instance, and they've bought houses in Hamilton and they want an Airbnb, but they can't go to Hamilton every time there's a problem. Got it. So you take over as the yeah. co-host for those properties. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's so some of them we just fully host. Yeah. Oh, okay. Under Got our it. account, 
and that's it. They have nothing to do with it, really, the Got owner, it. other than receiving that. So kind of like they're hiring you to take care of all of this stuff for them? Yeah. So yeah. So you've got either the you see how little I know method? about Airbnb, <laughs> or yeah. or you've got the co-host where the owner wants to still have their fingers in the pie a little bit, or have a little bit of control. And it's not a bad um, not a bad method because let's say you wanted to Airbnb mm-hmm. a place, it's probably best for you to set up an account under your name so that you maintain control of that, um, and then we can still run the whole thing for you, but you still have access to it. It's still your account and you could potentially sell that with the house, right? Whereas if it's under our account, which some people are fine with, um, that listing stays with us. And if they ever sell the house, then the listing kind of dies, right? Because it's under our account. And Got it. So there's no, transfer. there's no history. So you're not building up reviews on the property and you don't have that. And that's a, a, absolutely an asset to you, yes. the history of the property, if you were getting good good reviews on it and things. Yeah, it's it's becoming more of a th- more of a thing now, right? In the yeah. states, they're a little further ahead with Airbnb. So that's definitely part of the the um yeah, the value of a property is if you have a, an active Airbnb listing. Canada we're a little bit behind, so we don't I really, really never see thought, that very much when yeah. people are selling homes. Huh. But so if you have good reviews on your property through Airbnb, that's actually a benefit when selling the property. I mean, Absolutely. of course it is. I, I never really thought yeah. about that. We we just visited friends. Nick, well, some of Nick's friends become mine as as well. But in uh, Saint, I think it's Saint Augustine is how you pronounce oh, yeah. it, just south of Jacksonville. Yeah. There, and they run. It's a really nice, like kind of a, almost like a historic little city pocket there. If you guys know the I've area, heard of it? Okay, and and they run a bunch of Airbnbs out there, and uh, I could just see it. Just seems so normal there. I mean, they do seem a lot more comfortable with Airbnb, or it's just. You know, people are coming and dropping in, using these properties. They have systems. It just seems like part of the culture almost of the area. Whereas here, I feel like it's still, I don't know, people are trying to figure it out. Is it right? Not right? What community allows it? What are the bylaws? All that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, But I never thought of that. He has a ton of excellent reviews. So if he ever sells one of those properties, we actually stayed in one of them. And uh, they maintain it like it was immaculate. And uh, if he sells it and it has all these reviews with the property, I guess that's mm-hmm. a huge benefit. I, I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. Not just for for someone who's doing short term rentals. Yeah, yeah. No, of course, I, I got it. Okay, so then you co-host some stuff. Um, the cleaning is a big one. The keys they get in remotely. What else? Is there anything to do with mail? Garbage. What about garbage? Garbage yeah, is done by the cleaning as well. It it can be. It, it usually falls on me. Just okay. because the, the checkout dates don't always um, align with the garbage night pickup. Um, so that means... I so don't, where's the garbage put? They, it's just, we'll just have it in bins with secure lids so that the raccoons can't get it get at it. Um, if I have a guest that's staying maybe a week or two, I'll, I'll ask them to put the garbage by the road. Uh, if not, then I'm just going out there and grabbing garbage. Okay, and then maintenance, things like grass and snow removal. Yeah. What about that? So we'll get... Um, Companies hired to do that. Hired, take care of the grass. Yeah, everything. Snow removal. Yeah, same thing. Okay, a handyman request comes in. You can handle that. Mark can step in yes. and handle that. So you kind of have that covered. Yeah. Um, what else am I missing? Insurance. You can get insurance on this. Declared Airbnb, I guess. Yeah, yeah you, you absolutely have. Better to. declare that it's Airbnb. Yeah. I remember when we got into student rentals and some people were kind of bragging to Nick and I. They're like, oh my gosh, we save so much on the rental insurance because we just do it as a straight <laughs> rental. And we're like... <laughs> Are you freaking crazy? It's a student rental. You better declare that thing as a student mm. rental. So Airbnb, you can get insurance yeah, for these short term. Houston, like when we started, you couldn't in Canada. Now you can. 
And we always tell people, if you're starting it up, absolutely get the insurance. Not necessarily because guests are going to trash your place. That's never happened to us. But let's say you have a fire or a flood or something and your insurance company finds out that you've been running at a short-term rental, you're in breach of contract and they can deny your Screwed. claim. Yeah. Nothing to do with it being a short-term rental, but they'll if they can deny you. Yeah, we have some investors well. very long time, probably started working with us in like 2007 and it hadn't seen them in a few years. They were just at this past event and uh, they had a house burned down completely and the tenants were putting in a water softener. So they, you know, they were kind of using the blowtorch to do some, some, something. Uh, I think it was the insulation that caught fire or something. Yeah. Like Whole house burnt down. Everybody's fine. Oh, man. Um, but luckily, they had the proper insurance on it and, you know, everything was covered. I think it was State Farm, which is now Desjardins, um, put the tenants up in a hotel, you know, paid for the rebuild, did it all. And just thankfully, they had the proper, you know, insurance and had it as like a rental property and not like their primary place of residence yeah. or something like that. Um, okay, so you can get insurance. What other systems then am I missing? We've covered insurance, maintenance, access to the property, cleaning. Is that pretty much it? Yeah, there's, I mean, most of it is, uh, as with long-term rentals, preventative um, or done upfront, right? So like with a long-term rental, if you vet your tenants properly, we good? Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. I'm just okay. Kidding. Yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> if you vet your tenants properly, with because we also manage a few long-term rentals, right? Um, if you vet them properly, you you get rid of all the headaches that you're going to face later on, which we've, you know, we learned the hard way, right? So what, what were some of those mistakes? <clears throat> like what? Well, like not vetting a tenant, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I got a buddy who wants to live, with, you know, move in to live. Yeah. yeah. Give know, me some money. Idea. Give me some money and welcome. Here are the <laughs> yeah. keys. Yeah. Okay. Eventually the money stops. Right. So yeah, with, you know, now that we're doing it for other people, we need to be much more uh, rigorous and um, systematized to, to properly vet tenants. Right. So like all this stuff that you guys mm-hmm. have talked about. So if you get a good tenant, then you're golden, right? And we have a number of those properties where we just basically go there quarterly to do the inspection, and that's all we got to do. Uh, whereas other, you know, other properties you can run into. We've heard all the horror stories. So same thing applies to Airbnb. Um, make sure you have all your settings set correctly so that you attract the right kind of guests. What, so, what are some of those settings? Well, so the one rule of thumb we use is um, no one night stays. Kind of learned that the hard way. Because that's just a party? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Not always, but you got one night stays, local guests, and last minute booking. So if you have all three of those, that's that's a party. Mm. If you have two of those, it's probably a party or something bad. One of those you kind of... So one night booking, local guests, and what was the third? Uh, Last minute. Last minute. Yeah, Yeah. got it. Okay. Right? Because what does somebody who lives in Hamilton want to rent our place... Which is just like a bungalow okay. or a basement apartment or whatever. Why do they want to rent it last minute for one night? So an Airbnb, like, what do you think? Toggle all those settings. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like just that, avoiding those three things avoids a ton of headaches. And people will get worried because oh, I don't have bookings and, you know, I can, I have one night here I could fill in. For us, it just, it seems like more hassle than it's worth, right? Especially with a tight turnaround for cleaning. Mm-hmm. You got to get the cleaner in there or do it, you know, sometimes you end up going yourself because the cleaner can't make it or the laundry doesn't get done. Like it's a lot of hassle. And then if the guest leaves a mess, it's even worse because now you got somebody else checking in in a couple hours and you're trying to fix stuff or trying to, mm, geez, you know, nightmare. You're not, okay. Uh, so you learn that the hard way. And on this property that you, if we just go back to purchasing this particular property that you're going to buy as a long-term uh, rental, but then Mark with his powers of persuasion <laughs> convinces you to do Airbnb. Um, 
the numbers on that work out, like the amount you're going to generate through Airbnb and income, that's makes that property worth it. And how different is it than if you were to rent that property out as a long-term rental? Can you give us just a rough, just high-level comparison on some ballpark numbers? Yeah. So what I've realized is that um, Canada is very different from the States. And this is why we're looking to invest in the States now. But we're working within a Canadian context, right? So generally with Airbnb, you should be able to do, I don't know, you should be able to at least double your uh, long-term revenue. And so that's gross, right? So because with Airbnb, you're covering utilities and uh, the lawn maintenance and snow and stuff like that. So so you think um, whatever you were renting that house out for as a long-term rental, you should get it as double? Yeah, more or less. So if, on the, so if in today's numbers, if I'm renting out a single family home on the Hamilton Mountain for... I don't know, 2,900 or so, um, I should be able to, if I just round up to 3,000, I should be able to get 6,000 if I was doing Airbnb mm-hmm. on that property. Yeah, yep, give or take. And it depends if you have a duplex or not, right? So one thing I've noticed is that rents, like rents lag uh, home prices, right? Mm-hmm. We've kind of seen that. And then Airbnb prices or short-term rental prices, I should say, kind of lag rent. So sometimes oh. it's it's not always a perfect like, you sure. know, you've got yeah. this number, you yep. get that number. Sometimes there's a, it's a bit of a lag. But uh, yeah, all things considered, you should be at least in Canada, 70 to 100% premium over long-term rent. Why do you why do you say in Canada? Because in the U.S. it's even more? Yeah. What, and what's that ratio in the U.S.? It could be two, three, four times. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. No wonder he has so many Airbnbs down there in Florida. <laughs> so, um, it, it, and the reason for that is what exactly? Just demand? Uh, well, so one thing is home prices, right? In oh, Canada, right. it's okay. so dramatically. Okay. That's not yeah. the only thing, but like Hamilton, they were so dramatic of a, yeah. of a rise that it's just, you can't charge. Yeah, got it. And if Airbnb rates lag rent rates and rents lag the price, yeah. maybe it catches up, but it's going to take some time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But in the US, you have a population that's more predisposed to airbnb and it just kind of happens a little faster there. Bigger population, more cities, more vacation spots too, I would imagine, because as great as Hamilton is, and we're fans of Hamilton, if you have them in maybe in Florida or, I don't know, South Texas or Arizona or, or somewhere, maybe you're going to, or around ski resorts, you know, you're going to do even more. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're kind of keeping with our, our theme of like starter homes, nice home in a nice neighborhood. Um, looking in Tennessee. So, you know, you got homes in the, U.S. range that should be able to generate the same income or at least close to that are, you know, our $800,000 bungalow. And then down there, you're going to set up, I guess, uh, the right corporate structure. You're going to have to get finance. I don't know if you're going to just take equity from properties here and just buy that property cash there, or you can get financing down there. Have you looked into financing options? Yep. Looked at a few. And what, what are you finding? Well, so... I'm asking around and, uh, you know, we're in a few Facebook groups, so we have some sort of kind of warm recommendations and then a few others. And it's like, okay, look, here's the deal. I'm a Canadian. Mm-hmm. I've got a brand new U.S. corporation with no history or anything like that. Um, I'm not interested in using personal income because we're self-employed. Um, like, what do, you know, what do you think? And they're like, yeah, come on down. Here's, you know, you got this, this, okay. this, this, this. You want a construction loan? We'll do that. Like, But have you done it yet? 
Haven't done it. Okay. So I'm curious. Yeah. Next, you got to keep us posted. Yeah. The next month or so, okay. I'm hoping we uh, we can pick something up. Okay, cool. We have, an, and after the recording I can share, we have one contact in Florida. She uh, was a mortgage broker up here in Canada for years and now is down there. So he kind of understands Canadians and Canadian perspective a little bit, but that is in Florida. Yeah. But uh, who knows? She might have other contacts for you as well. Yeah. Well, it seems like there's uh, a lot. Like, A, people are more comfortable with, you know, whether you're flipping or, or doing something like that. Just a lot more hard money lenders out there as well. Oh, totally. Which, to yeah. get into a property is is perfect. And, like, keep your eyes open. We know there's going to be fees. and Sure. We've dealt with B lenders in Canada for the past, I don't know how many years, right? Being fees and balloon payments at the end of terms. like Yeah, the, so we're kind of familiar with some of that stuff uh, okay. already. And, you know, we know we're going to be paying probably 8% for, uh, for a mortgage. Um, but... Eight, that's a good rate these days, Mark. I'm just, <laughs> 8%. 8, but where are you getting that? <laughs> In there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so. okay. Uh, if I, so I just want to circle back. We can come yeah. back to that. I just want to circle back to the Airbnbs here for a second. So this property is running. You get this thing. You're renting the top and the bottom. The average length of stay would be in Hamilton on this property that we've been talking about would be how long? Three or four days, a week? Well, it's interesting that you asked that because um, we started out doing the short term. So anywhere, I think I I think I limited it to, it to uh, three nights minimum just because I was getting burnt out with the quick turnover. So I'm like, I need some longer stays. And I thought three nights minimum. So yeah, people would stay for three nights to a week or two. And we did that maybe the first year. And then we started thinking, okay, maybe we should do some longer term stays. We had a couple of guests ask, would it be okay if I stayed a month? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> a lot less work at the same me. rate? Uh, at the same rate. Oh. Um, maybe with a slight discount, but even still, I'm not going in there cleaning. I'm not doing laundry. I'm not replenishing your coffee pods and mm-hmm. So even a marginal discount's yeah. worth it. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of how the book came about. We we shifted our, our focus from short-term stays to mid-term stays. So mid-term meaning anywhere from a month to less than a year. Um, and you've done some? like yeah. So what's the longest Airbnb you've Probably done? Probably nine months. Wow, really? Yeah, and, that's, and they were paying well above market. Did they start with one month and then just keep extending? Um, they, yeah, I think it was... I think, it was was a it? I think months, they wanted right? to stay a couple of months. It was a family that had sold their home in Hamilton with the idea of moving to uh, Australia. They were going to immigrate. So they just needed a place for a couple months before their Okay, and dragged on a little bit. And then, well, COVID happened. Oh, shit. Got yeah, it. Yeah, so they stayed for nine months, which was great for us because as soon as COVID happened, all our short-term bookings disappeared. So we were already doing this midterm model, mm-hmm. and we were very thankful that we were because we just seamlessly transitioned into short-term stays to midterm stays. So are you doing this medium model on other properties now as well? Yes, we are. So multiple Airbnbs, yeah. all like this one, duplexed out kind um, of? Yeah, some of them are. Some are yeah. single. Fa- some are just single family, straight up, one one family? Yeah, uh, no. Yeah, there's combinations. We have all, one that's yeah. like a long-term rental above and a, a short-term below. It was just the owner's preference. Um, yeah. And then yeah, and, some okay. that are just single And the tenant home. that is long-term on the main floor doesn't mind that there's Airbnb tenants no. coming and going? No, it works oh. out very well. Yeah. Well, yeah, why is that? Uh, just they like they enjoy meeting people. Yeah. No way. They're, they're excellent. You're so lucky. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're, very, they're very accommodating. They, they'll it's, help out. They're very welcoming. 
So it's it's been a perfect fit. It's the way. one thing about like duplexing or legal second suite, whatever you're going to call it, yeah. is that if you have a tenant on the main floor specifically that gets annoyed with the basement tenant, it just turns into yeah. a property from hell. This they start sending you pictures of like the way they're placing <laughs> the garbage on the curb is incorrectly and they left the mail in the mailbox too long yeah. and all these like things. You're like, listen. Noise. Yeah, yeah. noise one. is a big one. Yep. My favorite one on noise ever is when I got a video of a hardwood floor and I didn't have the volume on. And I'm like, why are these people sending me a video of a hardwood floor? <laughs> but they were they were videoing the sound because the, the couple in the young couple in the basement's having sex mm-hmm. at like yeah, 10 in the morning while their kids place. are. Yeah. You know, so and then I turned the volume on. <laughs> like, oh, geez. Yeah, I guess there's a party going on down there. And, you know, your, your son or daughter trying to have their <laughs> Kellogg cereal or whatever they're having. And uh, anyway, we had to deal with that one. That was a that was a fun one. So you're lucky if you have a tenant, if yeah. you're managing a property like that. Wow. That's, that's I usually would not do a mix. I don't think. No, it's just, it's just the way that. Yeah, if it worked, way. it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would if if I would do a, a long term rent on the top, I probably wouldn't Airbnb the basement. Um, and then you said you guys have a mix of long term rentals, Airbnb. Mm. So you are maintaining a mix. Is that out of choice, or just the other ones aren't Airbnb? Yeah, yet? we just have some clients that are not comfortable with the short term or mid term rent. Got they it. Would just okay. like to do the long term. That's what they know. They're comfortable with that. And we're like, okay, we can manage those for you okay. as well. And we're not actively looking for those. They just, they came up and. Okay. Like, so how are you, I didn't realize, you've brought up clients and, co, you know, co-hosting a few times now. I didn't realize that this is something you're doing so much of. Yes. How are people finding you? This is word of mouth? Mostly word of mouth. Yes. We are kind of known in our little community, in our church community, our Dutch community, mm-hmm. that we're the Airbnb people. And if oh, cool. they need a place, ask Mark and Kirsten. Or oh, or if they're buying a place. Yeah, if they're buying a place, we've had somebody, a friend of ours say, I, I'm interested in real estate investment. I don't know the first thing about it. Can you guys come with me? And look at houses and you kind of tell me what I need to look for. So we've done that. And then if you're going to manage it for somebody as an Airbnb, is there a geographical area that you guys will work in? Yeah, we're yeah. the greater Hamilton area. Greater we have Hamilton. a couple in Caledonia. Okay. Um, Brantford? Burlington. Yes, no. Yeah, Brantford, we'd, I'm twisting her arm a little okay. bit. Okay. Okay. Powers of persuasion. To, you know. Mark's powers of yeah. yeah. Kirsten's saying no. Mark's saying yes. <laughs> okay. No, we'll see where that goes. The greater Hamilton area. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow, you guys have carved out a nice niche yeah, for yourselves. Yeah, it, it kind of just happened. It, I don't, we never planned it, especially when, you know, when we first, well, maybe Mark has different ideas, but when we first <laughs> rented out our It sounds like basement. he does. By the way, he's looking at you yeah. when you're answering these questions. He totally does. Yeah. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, yeah, when we rented out that basement apartment in our primary home, I had no idea that we would you know, purchase another place or start managing for other people. And when you manage for other people, it it. works for you guys because there's a, is it a set fee that you guys charge? Yeah. And you've kind of worked that out over time because I'm sure you've made mistakes on that as well. Yeah. Yeah, We've made huge mistakes where we've, we're charging a certain amount and we're like, wow, this is way more work. Yeah. Yeah. Got Um, it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, being an Airbnb host is a lot of work. I'm not going to lie about that. So then the focus. Very passive sometimes. Yeah. Not, not, no, this is an active. Real estate investing in general. Remember all those books when I was younger is like passive investing (laughs) is real, real estate. And I was so sold on that concept. I'm like, oh my gosh. I will make passive income with real estate investing. And then Nick and I are driving down, like there's microwaves in my trunk and lawnmowers that are (laughs) sticking out the back of my Honda Civic. I remember kicking a lawnmower in the trunk of my, you know, when you take the handles down and I was, remember trying to kick it. And I remember thinking, 
I'm never getting this out of the trunk. Like if I get this in the trunk, I'm just going to get to this property. And I remember cutting the grass, just this one student rental. And I was cutting the grass petrified because I was so scared of the students because, you know, we were new. And uh, the students started looking out through the blinds in the backyard and I was cutting the grass and and I saw them see me and I pretended not to see them. And I was just cutting the grass and I knocked on the door and I was like trembling, you know, here's your microwave that we promised you. And by the way, do you have like the missing rent from 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 last just a disaster. So just like familiar. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One time on a long-term rental, we had to issue an N4 mm-hmm. and it was dragging along on a bit. And you know, in Ontario back then, if you mailed it, you had to add a certain amount yes. of days if you mailed the N4. I so I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, Nick, I'm just going to drive it to the property. I get to the property and I get, I start getting nervous. Mm-hmm. So I get to the property. I park like a few doors down. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Like looking back, this is ridiculous. I look at the house. It doesn't look like anyone's moving in the house. I, I look at the envelope. I had the N4 and I was like, I forget. Am I supposed to stick it to the door or do I put it in the envelope? I'm like freaking out about what to do. And then I, I get out of the car. I run to the house and I drop it in the mailbox. And I run back to the car and I start the car and I take off. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know even what I was scared of. Now it'd be so different, you know, like, hey. Here's the N4. Enough of this. I can't yeah. take it anymore. <laughs> you know, totally. yeah. But but back then it was just like petrifying, right? So anyway, way off topic. You're just giving me flashbacks. <laughs> so you learn all these things um, over time. You're you're co-hosting. You make kind of you learn kind of how the co-hosting things uh, go. Word of mouth takes over. That's how you found a lot of co-hosting business and your own networking. It sounds like multiple groups that you're involved in. Correct. Yeah. And then the idea, what is the focus of the book? So the book is just launching. The book is out now. Yeah. And the focus of the book is what? Can you map that? He can come. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. So it's a family business, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He can come in. He can <laughs> hang out. Yeah, it's not a problem. So we, we started with, so first of all, we like we continually have uh, imposter syndrome, right? Like, who are we to write a book and tell other people about real estate, right? When there's so many, like even coming to Rockstar, there's so many people with so much experience yeah. and knowledge and wisdom. And um, But we realized, um, like just looking for a midterm rental in Hamilton, you couldn't find it. So that's why we're like, okay, I think that we're onto something here. And then I couldn't find anything online or, or anywhere really, anybody talking about midterm rentals. So I'm like, it's, a, it's an underserved niche, right? And nobody's talking about it or writing about it. Um, so, you know, listening to uh, Rockstar podcast, you had Julie Broad on from Book Launchers. Yeah. And that was just kind of inspiration to be like, why not? Why not write a book? You know, we can do this. So another one, like talking to Kirsten, like, I've been thinking, dear. And uh, she's just like, what? The powers of Mark's now, persuasion right? coming in again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just started uh, started writing. And then, it, you know, it, it turned into a little bit more than just uh, midterm rentals. But that's kind of the hook of the book, right? Is like, hey, guys, there's you got short term, you got long term. There's a niche in between here. And we've even just since writing the book, we've really seen midterm rentals grow as mm-hmm. people realize, like, it's a lot less work than short term. Less ha- hassle, it's a lot- same money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Similar roughly money. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah roughly yeah. the same. And then, you know, for long-term uh, landlords, um, like way, you know, way more money and a little bit more effort, not that much. So, and the book just kind of grew um, around that concept. And it's like, well, if I want to explain midterm rentals, I should explain short-term because you still need that hospitality mindset. If you're talking about short-term rentals, we should talk about long-term rentals, because now we're, we're approaching this from our angle as kind of newish investors and writing this for 
other novice investors, mm-hmm. people who might want to kind of go down the same path as us. Because we know a lot of people who are, you know, like younger, <laughs> younger than us couples, you know, starting a family and, you know, how can I These are very valuable come? books, by the way. Like you're saying that as starting, you know, by the way, you have tons of experience. You're not like rookie investors here <laughs> just listening to this. But writing a book from that perspective is hugely valuable because I find that uh, Nick and I have been involved in real estate in a long time. So I get sucked into this whole world of macroeconomics and interest rates because I'm like, okay, that's my biggest threat. You know, we've kind of figured out real estate investing for what, you know, what we need it for. I just need to watch these threats. And sometimes it's, it, you forget about some of the, entry level beginner stuff that is the critical stuff like dropping off an N4 or, you know, checking off the right things on the Airbnb website so you don't get short-term, short-term people. So I think as you move along your real estate journey, sometimes your voice changes and what you're presenting and it's hard to go back a little bit, to be frank. Yeah. You know, so sharing a book like this at this stage in your evolution is hugely valuable. It's almost like a signpost. Like yeah. here's where we are now. And 10 years from now, you might not be even able to write this book anymore because you've moved on to who knows what, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's valuable that you've documented this at this time. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one thing we realized, like someone who's a 10 out of 10, you know, on the real estate scale, for them to talk to somebody who's a one out of 10, probably there's, there's not a lot of value being transferred. Because like you said, you're talking about macroeconomic mm-hmm. trends and, you know, 30 year gilts and you know what's mm. going on with the Bank of England or Italy. You Goddamn know, central bankers. EU. My arch enemies, <laughs> the central bankers. You know? I, I cover that a little bit in the book, but um, you know, someone who's maybe a three out of 10 has a lot more value to impart to that person who's sort of a one, right? Because they're still sort of in that mindset and, and have freshly gone through, made all the mistakes. Yeah. And it's interesting so. you say that just about the imposter syndrome, that comment that you made. I find that like really interesting because I think we all, that's just so normal in all of us. And it's interesting to also hear you say, you know, rock star and this kind of stuff. Like, I don't know anything about what you're doing. I don't know anything about medium term rentals. Like I, I need to be like, I would, I'm the one out of 10 on this kind of stuff. And that's why your book would be hugely valuable to me. Like we don't all know, there's no, no one can claim that there are real estate ex or any expert of any sort in all areas. It's just, mm-hmm. it's not even yeah. possible, yeah. you know? And sometimes your expertise changes over time and you focus on different things, but it's interesting because you're not, it, just the fact that you brought up imposter syndrome, because I've heard that like so many times over the last 10 years in my life. And it's just fascinating to me that we all have it. It's almost like somebody needs to anoint you so that you feel worthy of presenting the information that you have. And I, I felt like I needed that at one point in my life too, that like Nick and I needed to be told like someone like with a wand would come and touch us on the head and say, yes, you are the ex, you know, we bless you with our, our, your expertise and we approve of you. And it was, uh, I think it was like, I don't know, 10 years ago that we just got it through our heads. We're like, oh, we don't need anyone to anoint us. We'll just, if we're true to ourselves and we're speaking what we think is the truth in our own integrity, we can be, have a strong voice and believe in what we're doing and add value to other people. And somehow we kind of managed to get past that, but it is something we all struggle with, Mark. And I'm not saying you struggle with it or, you know, or anything, but just the fact that you brought it up, I just wanted to comment on it. Yeah. We have realized though, because we've also talked to a lot of people um, who are just starting up Airbnbs and just like giving them advice or helping them set it up. 
not as a business thing or anything. We've done a lot of that over the years. So part of that kind of contributed to our, th- our thought that maybe the, you know, maybe there is some value in actually writing some of this stuff down. Um, because yeah, there's so many people who, you know, we're, I'm embroiled I'm in, in the world of real estate and short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. And we, we both are. Um, but then, you know, we'll sit down and talk to somebody who's like, Airbnb, I've heard of that. What's that all about? And you're like, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's like me when someone sits down and talks about like inflation with me. I'm like, really? You don't understand we're getting ripped off? You don't get it? What have you, where have you been hiding? Sit down. Let me fill you all in. We're all getting screwed. But on the on the Airbnb uh, side of things, I also think it's 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 been around, but it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. Like no one's really claiming 20 years of experience or 30 years of experience or I've been doing Airbnbs for 50 years. Like this is like a relatively new game. So in the book, what are the biggest things or messages from the book that you've put together that you wanted to make sure you were conveying? Was it the concept of this midterm rental? Is that the big message that you wanted to convey or the do's and don'ts? What, what were you trying to solve with the book? I think, um, so one message is midterm rentals. That's like the practical message. Like here's a thing that you can do, right? Whether you're a novice investor or, or a seasoned investor, this is a, there's a valid market here for you to explore. So you know, give it a try. Um, but the sort of the, the subtext behind the book is like just our journey, right? As a, as a couple with a growing family and venturing into real estate. And I guess the message would be like, if you're sort of in that area, like you can do this too. We're not anything special. We're not brainiacs. We're not rocket surgeons, as I like to say. <laughs> rocket surgeons. I got to use that one. <laughs> Listen, there's no rocket surgeons over here. Okay. You know, I heard a little while ago, and I don't know if it's true, but I think it probably is on a podcast. Somebody said there's um, the industry with the most rich, dumb people is real estate. Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) How does this work? You buy this property and you just hold it for a little bit and you like kind of rent it in a bunch of different styles. Like, oh, students, do you want to rent? Yes. Oh, you family over there. Would you like to rent? Yes. Hey, you short term, midterm people. Do you want to rent? Yes. Wow, this kind of works. You know, it's just like they, I remember describing, um, you were just talking about how people don't know much of real estate investing. Some investors that had invested for a couple of years didn't know about refinancing and Nick and I were blown away. Like we were, we don't, we never talk about it because we just assumed that people understood once you built up some equity in a property, you could go back to the bank and get a credit line on that to access some of that equity, or you can get a new mortgage and access some of that equity. And we were explaining it to these people. And for years they had held a couple properties and they had tons of equity and they were just completely blown away. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, how we have failed you. We have not articulated this sooner. You know, they just thought they hit the jackpot. Like we can go to the bank and access some of that equity in the property. I'm like, yeah, you totally can. Um, but anyway, sorry, we got off track. I don't even know where we were there, Mark. But well, uh, so and so originally the working title was the Stay at Home Mom's Guide to Real Estate, and we, you know, for marketing and for other reasons, we kind of moved away from that. But that was the original impetus for the book. Really, was like. Because Kirsten had done all the early work and all the all the legwork yeah. for for our short term rentals, um, really this was is kind of on her, and it was a lot about her journey and like also mine. But um, you know, if you're a stay at home mom, here's something you can do, right? You can house hack, right? You could rent out your basement if you have a basement apartment. If you don't have one, get one. Um, and yeah, just yeah, a little bit about our journey, but really sort of from Kirsten's point of view. That was uh, one of the, uh, meant to be one of the themes as well. 
Yeah. And I think we talk about it in the book too, just um, developing that mental toughness. Um, Because it is kind of intimidating when you think about going into, like just even buying a family home was intimidating for me. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, now in buying an investment property and then Airbnb, like it's just, it's a lot. And I think that's what we've really learned over the years that some things are hard and you're going to be outside your comfort zone. And it's good. And it's okay. And you will get through. And I mean, I remember the, like when we first started doing the Airbnb, I was so afraid of bed bugs. And maybe as a have you had to deal with them yes yeah same so now that i've dealt with it i have a great exterminator oh do you okay and And they can get rid of them with one shot he's pretty good oh powder is he using a powder or heat also powder and heat we've done both but now i feel like okay i can deal with that yeah you know like we've just had it in one of our long-term renters and we had a new tenant move in they brought in bed bugs bugs. so they let me know and i was like okay We'll deal with it. We had bed I've bugs in a, in a student rental and I had to get into one of the bedrooms when they were back home and I just threw out all their clothes. I communicated to them. I said, sorry, everything's going. <laughs> I don't know if I have your permission or not. I'm throwing everything here. I would go, I went to the seams of the mattress and I pushed on the seams and the bed bugs from the seams, the stitching <laughs> were coming up through mm-hmm. and, and, and in the baseboards of the, the bedroom. Yeah. And uh, it was a bloody nightmare. Yeah. Like a, and, and Nick was not involved on this. Oh no, he didn't. He wasn't with his property with me. I can't even blame him. Sorry, he, this was uh, this was my own fault. <laughs> I like to blame him for most of our problems. Um, and uh, and uh, I think I've shared this before. Anyway, I went home and I had to like I totally stripped naked to go into my yeah. own house mm-hmm. because I was like, Carol, I won't bring these clothes in, and I'm just running straight to the shower here, and yeah. it was gross yeah. throwing it all out. And but the exterminators, the first ones, didn't do the job. Oh, they heated. Really? The, they said they had some heating thing. We had to stay at the house. I feel for like a day or two. I can't remember. And uh, then they came back with some white powder yes. that they had yep. smuggled in from the U.S. That apparently at the time <laughs> we didn't have here, but they you know had yeah. it in some way. And they put this white powder around, and that took care of it. And of but that was probably I don't know ten twelve yeah. years ago. So that's good if you have an exterminator. Yeah, that and can, we we talk about that too. Having a great team, finding yeah. those those people that you know are dependable and going to get the job done. So an exterminator, um, you know, a realtor, um, a lawyer, a handyman, those kind of things. If you have those people um, on your team, then I think you'll go a long way. A, a couple more questions for you: um, Has a refinancing a property as an Airbnb been difficult, or are the banks just calling it a rental property? <laughs> yes, they don't. Yeah, yeah, so, so rental. we did do that with our Airbnb and they were not interested in the yeah, Airbnb it. side yeah. of it. And we kind of did It's like a student rent. I think you're in yeah. student rental land where it's like yeah. they don't want to touch you. They don't yeah, really okay. know about it. Yeah, they don't know how to deal with it. They have no process their, for it. Yeah. yeah. The States is different though that way again. Yeah, again, um, the States, they're like short-term rental, bring it on. Yeah. yeah, you guys are leaving Canada for sure. I can just hear it in your voices <laughs> at this point. You're basically one foot's out the door. Let's face it, Hamilton, where's that? We're gone. We were just yeah. in Michigan and we're just like. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Nick was in Florida here and I was like, hey, it's kind of getting colder here. I just broke up my jacket. He's like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> Forget it. Um, okay, so uh, financing, yeah, can be a little bit tricky. Um the other thing is payments from Airbnb. Is that once a month? Like, how does that work um, for so money collection? That's all collected through Airbnb. Remember, I'm the I'm the zero out of ten on your book. I'm, 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 <laughs> how, yeah. does, how does it happen? This is what I love about Airbnb. I'm not the one collecting, collecting rent, so there's none of that awkwardness. If yeah. you know somebody hasn't paid their rent and you're like, um, I don't want to like excuse me bug you, but yeah. here's your N four as, as I sprint to my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So that's all done through Airbnb and they will pay with a credit card. So there is a little bit of security there. Yeah. Um, and then Airbnb just pays you directly into my bank account. Once a month? No, or? The, it depends on the, the stay. So. Oh, okay. So right after the stay. Yeah. F- the day after check-in, then I'll get the money. Hmm. Um, if it's a longer stay on Airbnb, they'll just pay monthly. They'll break up the payments. Okay. But yeah, it's kind of nice. I don't. And ever, ever any problems uh, with Airbnb that you've had to try to go to Airbnb for support for? Maybe one time that I can think of. But yeah. it, do you recall honestly, what that was? Um, that doesn't matter. No, it was a booking setting thing. Yeah, yeah there was something okay. wrong with the setting on the booking. Uh, not nothing to do with a guest at all. Okay. We've had issues with guests. Um, where we've had to make a claim. They broke the toilet. I don't mm. know how. Don't ask. No. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> but they were very upfront about it. And they're like, like, we broke yeah. it. Like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Half? Oh, yeah. Not quite, but almost. almost. Oh, like, well, hey, maybe it was some, do that. some hot food the night before. <laughs> Who knows what was going on? <laughs> but no, I have to say 99% of the time, we've never, we don't have issues with guests. Um, okay. Are yeah. you using other platforms other than Airbnb? Yeah. And what are your favorites? Uh, we use booking.com okay. as well. I find that we get a lot more international travelers through that website. Interesting. Okay. Um, and it it's been, it has worked out very well for us using both Airbnb and booking.com. Um, VRBO or Verbo is another mm-hmm. one, but I haven't gotten that much traffic from that one. Okay. We have a few people using it yeah. and they, it seems like you either love it or I don't know why. Yeah. It's like a very hit and miss. I don't yeah. know if it's by area, but some I, people I just swear is. by it and other people don't. I feel like it's by area. Um, okay. For whatever reason. Um, we have like, we're on in contact with other hosts in the States and they use VRBO almost exclusively. And it kind of depends on where you are geographically. Okay. Yeah. The, the other big area that's growing for us as well is direct bookings. So we, we have uh, just a little website where smart someone wants to book, mm-hmm. they can, they just go there and, uh, again, credit card payment. Although, I mean, you do handle a lot of this as well, not just Airbnb, but yeah, great. Whether and start taking Bitcoin. Sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, Kirsten. Sorry. I, I apologize for that. But Mark can start accepting Bitcoin and just let you fill you in with his powers of persuasion. I, explain to you why this is the greatest and thing the ever. the first one that bought Bitcoin. Whoa. Whoa. Awesome. So there awesome. you go. For my awesome. birthday. Yeah. Oh, no way. I'm like, what do I get? Really? I have no idea. Oh, my God. That's the best gift. I'll buy him some Bitcoin. Yeah. And that's oh how my that God. started. That's an amazing gift. <laughs> that is approved right there. Um but yeah, so the just, direct booking smart. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's an area like if you are an Airbnb host, you really want to work on, right? Airbnb and booking and Verbo, they're all marketing platforms, right? So there's just a great way to do your marketing. You pay your cut to them, but you can't depend on it, right? If tomorrow Google says, hey, we're going to get into the uh, short-term rental business and you're dependent on Airbnb for all your business, what happens? Like it's still a big chunk of our business, but that's uh, that's something we encourage other hosts to do is like start growing your own like your own brand, build your own email list, Smart. Um, and yeah, yeah. What grow. happens to the when we get to the world of like central bank digital currencies and Mark says something crazy online, and yeah. then Airbnb yeah. finds out and says, "Well, you know what? We saw on Twitter that you <laughs> said this about so and so, and we're shutting down your Airbnb." I know that sounds like a stretch. But it doesn't no, look like no. that far of a stretch anymore. It's You're not feeding that right far of a stretch. My, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to have the direct, we've always done that with our own marketing. Even for this business, we've always said we need yeah. to own the marketing. Yeah. We need to own the email list. Like we'll use Instagram. We'll use these platforms. But we we still collect mailing addresses. Yeah. Like we still want people's mailing address. Even though people move, we want the ability to mail to people as well. Yeah. Because we're like, forget it. Let's say 
this is maybe our worst case planning situation, but we're like, if we have people's email addresses, we own that. And if we have their mailing addresses, we own that. Mm -hmm. And then we can communicate with our client base as we see fit. We can send out an email right now. That's still quote unquote loud and we can send out (laughs) mail. So, you know, we are controlling it versus building up things. We had our YouTube channel go down like five or six years ago, about a week before I asked somebody on our team, I'm like, you know what? I just got a weird feeling. Just back up all our videos. Cause we had probably five years of videos on YouTube. They backed up all our videos. YouTube goes down, nothing, no fault of our own. What happened is they, they had something, uh, a social media platform called, uh, Google pages or works. It was some business thing. They were trying to compete with Instagram. I even forget what it was. And they merged our YouTube channel with another account we had. And when they did the merge, I guess the business account trumped my personal account, which were all the videos were held and they just deleted all the videos. And you oh, can't wow. get into you can't get in touch with anyone at YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the worst part is when people went to our YouTube uh, channel, it said copyright violation, oh, or no. we were we. So it gave like an incorrect reason as to why our, all our videos yeah. were down. And then we had all the backups, so we reloaded them up onto this new page. And I put in a, an appeal to YouTube. Six months later, they reinstated everything. Oh. Didn't send me any communication at all. No reason, nothing. Just six months later, all our videos pop up, which then I had to go delete because we had like duplicate videos on two different um, two different pages. So I just think that's smart. Yeah. What you're kind of advocating for with Airbnb hosts, build your own web page out, try to get yeah. direct payments. You'll probably get some repeat yeah. clients even. We've got so many repeat clients. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that works very well in the vacation rental model. If you've got more of a multi-purpose, like uh, urban kind of starter home thing, not as much, but there's still potential there. So it's still uh, still worth mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, got it. And I guess as your portfolio grows, you never know because, you know, once you get into doing other areas and stuff, people might just like you. They know what they're getting. They're comfortable with you. Yeah. So they will kind of look to you first. Yeah. Yeah, there's like well-established brands in the States where, uh, and they're very local, like could be North Carolina mountains or, um, you know, parts of Florida. Yeah, and they're kind of owning it. Yeah. They have, they have a brand and people are loyal to that brand. So some of these folks don't even use Airbnb anymore because they just, they have enough demand to satisfy, uh, their existing and growing portfolios. Do you guys look at, um, are the bylaws come into play with what you're doing? How yeah. do you look at, do you just always keep aware of them? Can you talk to that point a little bit? Yeah, we just try to be aware of what's happening in whatever region we're working in. So Hamilton, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the city, you know, cutting down, like doing Toronto style yep. restrictions, which is pretty restrictive. So um, yeah, we've been talking with other Airbnb hosts, Airbnb themselves, uh, organized a meeting um, just to get hosts together and talk about it and kind of advocate, you know, talk, advocate city, with city the hall. city. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's actually been sort of pushed off for a little bit now. Um, so we'll see what happens, but yeah, you kind of keep the pressure on and um, we, we like markets where there's already regulation. So where we're looking in the States, there's already regulation. So it's a known uh you know, it's, it's not a risk factor. Anymore. Is that why you brought up Tennessee? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like Memphis area, you're required to get a license. You got to pay an occupancy tax. I feel tax like you fit right stuff. in Memphis. You look like a country singer. <laughs> I Doesn't he look like he would just like, he gets off you got a pickup truck, you got a pickup truck and Mark and you guys are good to <laughs> he go. He has a pickup truck. Yeah. He got <laughs> off the phone with a realtor oh, down in Tennessee and he, he starts talking to me, I uh, reckon. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Kirsten, you're yeah, like, Kirsten, oh, man, Kirsten. here we go. Yeah, you're not having that. <laughs> you weren't having that. Shut that down. All right, listen, we're getting a pickup truck. Oh, and a cowboy hat? 
cowboy hat. It's gonna fit right Maybe. in. Yeah. You love it. <laughs> what uh, has the beard always been been a thing with Mark? No, no. that's been the last. Maybe two years. He's yeah. always yeah. had some kind of facial hair. Oh, really? Because I feel like now, for off. as far as I'm concerned, I feel like he's known for the beard now. That now it's like a thing. I can't ever get rid of it. The beard is a separate entity. The beard is a... branding. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, what, else, what else have I not asked you about the well, book or Airbnb in general? Kind of speaking to the regulations, we do let our clients know that. So we've had a lot of people ask, oh, I want an Airbnb in St. Catharines. And we'll be right very upfront with them like these are the regulations what are they in st Catharines? um i think it's you, more than less the same that well well you have to yeah. live there so it's got to be your primary okay. residence yeah. so you and can rent a basement can't remember there's a and that's how a lot of these day. communities yeah. seem to you be dealing only with it rent yeah or, some i mean there's a lot that are just moving to regulation that's what we would prefer you know regulate it so make sure it's safe Right. Make sure you've got good hosts and good uh landlords whatever you want to call it the same um uh, rules you would have for like a long-term landlord, just apply that to the, your short-term rentals as far as uh, like fire regulations and things like sure. that, right? Um, get an occupancy tax. I'm fine with that, right? Let's contribute back to the city in a sort of tangible, taxable way. Um, have the regulations and you can even cap, like a lot of places will cap the number of short-term rentals. Um, so there's only, there's X amount. and so then You can once, apply for a permit or whatever. Yeah, and if... You know, if the max has been reached, you're on the waiting list. Mm. So I think that's a reasonable way to go about it. Because if you look at what short-term rentals bring just to Hamilton, right? The amount of people that people spend in the economy. Um, I can't remember. I don't have the f- numbers at the tip of my uh, finger. But it was something like 120 bucks a day or whatever that people will spend in the local economy. That they may not if they're in a hotel, right? Because now they can go buy groceries. Yeah. They don't have to necessarily yeah. go to eat. Um, just supporting the local economy in numerous different ways. And there's been a few studies done that show as well, um, if there's no short-term rentals in a market, you reduce the number of visitors to that market because people will come because there are short-term rentals available. And I think for us, that's true. If we travel somewhere, I'm not looking for a hotel. I'm going to look for And I've done it. We've tailored our travel to where there were available Airbnbs as opposed to hotels. I don't want to take four kids and us and, you know, maybe like a parent or two uh, to a hotel and get like three hotel rooms, right? That yeah, sucks. That I want to get a nice house where we can all relax and uh, have a vacation. Yeah, it's funny you say that. We're going up. Uh, there's a, a group, of, a small group of us, a bunch of us uh, going to Portugal on Sunday. And it's like a typical kind of, this is like a, just a guy's trip where it's a disaster in the organization. But where we're going in Portugal, um, one of the guys was there in the summer. He's like, oh, there's tons of Airbnbs. It's easy to book. So we literally have no plan. We don't have a place to sleep on the first night yet. We live on <laughs> Sunday. Today's Wednesday. So we're just going to get on the airplane. And he's like, no, I got it. I'll just book us an Airbnb. And there's tons of them in that area that may, gave him comfort. He speaks uh, Portuguese, but he's like, it's English everywhere. It doesn't really matter. So we're going to an area south of Lisbon where um, it's exactly what you said. I don't think we would have been going if, if he didn't have the comfort of knowing there was a lot of kind of short-term rental availability, we would have stayed maybe in a hotel in Lisbon instead of going to check out some of these smaller areas and um, just south. Um, and we're just going to book it sa- same day. He's he's done that in the summer. He's like, we're just literally going to show up 
You guys are both staring at me and I'm having doubts now. The way you guys are both looking at me, I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't going to work. People have been asking us, they're like, what's the plan? And I'm like, uh, we don't really know. We're just we're just landing in, in Lisbon and then we're going to sleep somewhere. A bunch of homeless guys that don't know where they're going. If you plan ahead, you can get some really cool spaces. Yeah, right? we're the, looked in Europe and specifically like around Sintra in Portugal and like you can get like a castle. Right. He's talking castle. about, yeah, and you know what, the, I'm not, well, this is just a running joke between us, I'm not organizing this trip purposely, because I, I sometimes will organize stuff, and I'm like, listen, we'll have it your way, I just, I'm just, I want to see how you live, <laughs> let's see how this works, okay, <laughs> let's see how, yeah. how this goes. Airbnb so, is all about experience now, it used to be just a place to rest your head, and now it is definitely, like, like Mark said, you could rent a castle. We we rented a houseboat in the well in the Netherlands. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Just cool things like that you yeah. would never do otherwise. Yeah, and people wouldn't put them on the market if there wasn't yeah. a way to do it as a short term or a midterm yeah. kind of a kind yeah. of rental. Are so are you guys still taking on people and co hosting for people and managing? Yeah, yeah. the business is still growing. Okay, right? so how do you how do anyone listening to this that wants to find you, do you want to share a URL? How did how would they find you? Yeah, I guess uh, joyhill.ca. Okay. J-O-Y-H-I-L-L dot C-A. That's the property management. Uh, Joyhill dot C-A. Yeah. Okay, we'll link to that into the show notes of this episode. So if you're listening, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast. You can find Mark and Kirsten's episode and joyhill.ca will be linked there. And then the book, um, I have Mark and kirsten.ca that's that, right so we'll link to that as well to the book available on amazon you can find it there as well you me and airbnb that's right correct you guys should be really proud of this this is like a big deal so congratulations that you've you've done this and i'm glad you pushed through and got some of this on paper and you've done it it's uh it's really cool thank you. yeah we just we want to thank you and the whole team at rockstar as well because really like without Having become Rockstar members, I don't think the like the book or a lot of this stuff would have even maybe starting the property management business. Um, Kirsten, you know, eight months pregnant, uh, like that kind of yes. a funny story. That's I know we're running out of time. No, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. Wanna... Mark's like, let's start a property management business. I'm eight months pregnant. Sure, let's do it. And uh, the first uh, client I think that we we landed had an Airbnb. They wanted us to rent out, and I was showing some potential guest uh the place and i'm like i'm gonna have to reschedule i'm in the hospital in labor so if we can do this friday that would be great <laughs> listen i have some priorities right now yeah. i can't get there at the moment i want to be there you know what but give me like seven hours yeah. maybe eight hours and i'll yeah. be right over there might be an additional yeah. person with me yeah <laughs> but this is how we've kind of done it like kids in tow you know it's just kind of crazy like you were saying is shoving a lawnmower in the back of your car like that's how we all do it there's no yeah yeah i think there's this illusion when you're younger or beginning something new when you look at other people and you're just like they have it all figured out like i mean look at how much they have on the go meanwhile behind the scenes it's oh, yeah. always just a shit show yeah you know and everyone's just kind of trying to survive and you can't put processes in like you guys have done with your properties to make things better but generally it's always evolving well, you learn as you go yeah 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 um, yeah, yeah, very cool. And listen, I just want to share something um, as well. And as part of Rockstar, we kind of have like a, a Telegram group that some Rockstar members are part of where I find it really interesting because a lot of sharing goes on in there and contacts and information back and forth. And I, I really want to thank you, Mark, because you participate in that so well. 
and are always offering and contributing uh, to that. And Kirsten, you might be as well. I'm not always there, so I don't I don't see it. But I I, I notice Mark whenever not I do pop much. in. I know Mark's always offering stuff, and I really think that's helpful because I think that if there's a group of us together that are all supporting each other, we can kind of lift all of ourselves up a, a little bit and have each other's backs and kind of give each other the pat on the back and the confidence and the anointing. You know that yes, <laughs> you can do this, and you are authorized to speak your mind on this particular subject, right? So thank you for that, Mark. It's, it's a two-way street. So when you share about Rockstar, also the way you're contributing back, that's really meaningful to Nick and I. And I don't think we envisioned that when we first started this. And it's the best part to see yeah. kind of this kind of strange little community that's kind of helping itself yeah. is awesome. So yeah. so thank you. And we're we're proud to kind of like share your book and, and have you guys here. Really, thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy with all the stuff that you have, book, Airbnbs, <laughs> growing family, all this stuff going on. So thanks for doing this, guys. Anything thank else you. that you wanted to share? Just yeah. thank you for having us. Yeah. We cool. appreciate it. Yeah, we're just, um, so we, yeah, we try to live lives of gratitude, right? So and that's, that's a big part of, you know, whether it's a telegram group or being writing the book or whatever we do, just, just being grateful. And um, yeah, and, and we're so glad that we can find a group, Rockstar, where that like that works well because certain groups, it, it just doesn't work, right? People are takers. A lot of people are takers, right? But this is, uh, this is one of those, uh, I think, groups where that just works so well. So we're just, uh, yeah, we're blessed to have, uh, to have found you guys in this whole group. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Keep going. Thank you. Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Mark and Kirsten. We are forever grateful to be able to work with them and call them Rockstar members. I mean, the community that we get to hang around with and interact with is a beautiful thing. We never really envisioned that it would get to this point. So we really feel honored and grateful to be able to you know, call Mark and Kirsten members. And if you are listening to this and want to reach out to them, you can find them on their websites. The two websites will have links to, to their websites in the show notes for this particular episode, but it's markandkirsten.ca or you can go to joyhill.ca, J-O-Y-H-I-L-L.ca and we'll have links to both of those URLs in the show notes of this particular episode. And if you are listening to this and you want to get some more real estate investing information, you can come out to our next introductory real estate training class by visiting canadianrealestatetraining.com. That's canadianrealestatetraining.com. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms. <laughs>